What's up, everybody? Welcome to Broken Down Garage. It's me, Brent Gale, Jake Becker. We're here. Uh, hey. Fucking great show for tonight. We talk a lot about Ralph Nader up top. Then we talk about the Blueprint Engines, uh, the motor that they just created, this four-cylinder magic masterpiece. It's incredible. It's a great episode. Very focused for the first time in a long time. <laughs> I think maybe yeah. ever. Maybe ever. It was pretty good. That's pretty good. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy this motor. If you know how to get one of these, please come talk to us. Yes, hit us up. We'll see y'all soon. Enjoy the episode. We're at a full million. Full mil, dude. Full mil? bucks. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm going full Dr. Evil. Uh, Well, Jake, I bought some new face cream today. Nice. Your face feeling creamy. I haven't used it yet. I got it at Taco Bell for uh, or uh, Costco. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got my face creamed at Taco Bell. <laughs> it says I need a massage onto a cleansed face and neck using gentle upward motion. Use morning and evening. Now, what are we trying to solve with this cream, bud? I want to look like I'm 27 with a hat on. You had to start that 47 with a hat off. What? You had to start that moisturizing when you were 23. <laughs> this, there's no moisturizing that'll undo <laughs> the years of not moisturizing we've done. You motherfucker. It's just the truth. Well, you're not wrong. Um, how are you, buddy? Dude, we got uh, a good overall- show. I'm way better now than I was a couple hours ago. Why? Tell me what happened. Dude, my heat went out yesterday. I've got a pneumonia. Oh, yeah. You have ammonia. Yeah. I have pneumonia. You have ammonia. Uh, pneumonia. I have pneumonia. And that sucks. And then my heat, my heater died yesterday at my house. What happened? Uh, some sensor inside of it broke. And so I didn't have heat all like most of the day yesterday and last night. And then until like an hour and a half ago. So now I can like feel like a person again, but I couldn't feel my hands at work today. So it was like $500 to fix your heat. No, it was only like 150. That's cause you're down there. Jim had the same issue up here. Uh, and it was a little sensor, and yeah. it was $500. Damn. They told him, first off, they said, all right, if you want to fix this, uh, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, and then they told him the price. Yeah, these guys just came over and like did it while I was on the, at work still. Like I was working in my office. While you were on the shitter? Yeah. That's what I I'm, call my office. You're going full Fonzarelli on us, I see. <laughs> Hitting him with the I'm full trying fonts. to find some papers so I can roll a joint, so I can smoke a joint while we're talking on the the on the on the podcast. Dude, shout out to your shipping guy. Right? Yeah, dude, the guy saved me at least four hundred bucks. It's incredible. He's incredible. And- Did you tell him that I sent you? Yeah. You probably didn't, but I'm going to call him and say, hey, did no, my I buddy d- call you? 
I did. My dad did it for me because I was busy as shit really? and sick as a dog. Yeah. And I like put it in the fucking text like seven times. Like, you need to make sure you tell him it's Brent Gill. Yeah. Yeah. No, we got it all in there, dude. So you're doing uh, you're doing an enclosed uh, an enclosed shipment, eh? Yeah. Dude. It left at 5 a.m. this morning from Washington, D.C. It's crazy how fast they can turn this around, too. Yeah, it's nuts. Right? Like, it yeah, was like, crazy. it's like, I'm ready to ship now. It goes, cool, let's do it. And then it's shipped. I mean, there was times when I was trying to ship the Z3 originally, dude, uh, there were times when um, uh, I went like three weeks just trying to get this thing shipped. And they're just like, yeah, we're still trying to find a good carrier. I'm like, well, fucking find someone. Yeah. No, dude. Like everyone else I talked to, it was going to be a waiting schedule that was going to be a pain in the ass and go through more winter weather. And your guy was faster and cheaper than everyone else. So fucking God bless. Come on now. Car guys helping out car guys. I'm the fucking dude. I love this shit. It rules. I'm so excited to see that truck. Um, oh, I'm so horny for you. I mean, not you, but for like the excitement. Yeah, I'm gonna drive it for probably like a weekend, and then put it in the shop. <laughs> and then put it in the shop. Yeah. Why is it broken? No, but it needs a tranny that can handle the interstate. What kind of tranny does it have? It has a 1954 cast iron three. Oh, it's like fucking. It's OG tranny. Yeah, and I'm going to put mine that I have from the totaled one in it so that it can do I, highway speed. Did you keep the your original truck? Yeah. Yep, after I strip all the parts out of it, I think I'm going to put it in my yard. That Just to make it look cool? Just to let it rust and go back to the earth instead of being compacted because it led a good life. <laughs> Someone will probably come through and want to chop that thing up. Probably. I won't let them, but they can what? try. Let, yeah, it, let, let, it live, let it live a life. Nope. It lived its life. It was around 70 years. And I You're put more mi- and I put more miles on it in the last three than it had put on it in the first 67. So. Yeah, that's I, a dick move, I think. It's it, not it. It's done. There's really nothing salvageable. Like maybe oh, the, it's all it's all crunched. Yeah, like maybe bed parts, but they're not desirable. You can get new bed. You can get new bed parts. I mean, men can't. Women can. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can get you can get the flat <laughs> steel for the sides of my 1950s bed pretty cheap. So yeah. the stuff that's out, the, like maybe the tailgate's probably worth something. That's probably an okay shape. But all the chrome. What did happen that- with this accidente? A uh, lady, t- my dad was bringing the truck home from the shop for me, and a lady with no insurance and no license T-boned him. Nice. Damn near killed him. I mean, that part's not as cool. Uh, damn near killed him because that car, uh, not the pillar of safety, Jake. Uh, the truck was okay. I mean, really? that wasn't the part that, yeah, it was more that he got, like, smoked in an intersection. Like, I don't think we would have done great getting T-boned in most things. Fair. Uh, he uh, did, Andy did the right thing. He laid down. Because that's if you're ever in an old car that doesn't have a collapsible steering column, 
your number one objective is to get the fuck away from the steering column. Why? Because it's going to fucking murder you? Go th- it'll go through you, yeah. Old steering really? wheels and columns aren't meant to break. So when you get in an accident, that's like the number one thing at a low-speed accident that'll fucking kill you. Really? And then whiplash. Yeah, and then all those cars that don't have headrests. But the truck, the cabs where a headrest would be. So that's not as big of a deal. But in like my Buick... Getting hit at thirty in traffic, it'd be the thing that would be worrisome would be having no headrest or shoulder support. I can see that. That's where where our good friend Ralph Nader came in, huh? Right. That was the only truth he told, and he figured it out because Cadillacs and Lincolns and really high end luxury cars were already coming with seat belts and headrests, and so he noticed from the data, like when he ran all the stats. He was like, how come people aren't dying in 40-mile-an-hour accidents in Cadillacs? And then he looked at it and was like, oh, it's not because they're longer. It's not because they have a bigger motor up there that's Is that heavier. what GM it's- said? No, this is Nader. Like, this is the one thing Nader did. So what? how Nader happened is he ran Consumer Reports. I think we've talked about this before. but You and I personally have talked about it. The podcast, yeah. we have not. Okay, he ran Consumer Reports, the which before the internet, which is hard to picture for people, the only like place you could, it was the only place you could get reviews on products that were honest. It would like mm-hmm. other than talking to friends or a salesman who had a vested interest in selling you right. something, like toasters, cars, window treatments, anything. The only place you could go was Consumer Reports. So Ralph Nader ran it, and then has this little discovery of how much safer seatbelts and headrests are. And all of a sudden, this guy goes from being like the top editor of the number one housewife magazine in the country to like Congress wanting him to testify about the safety of vehicles. And he's getting all this press and he's telling the truth up front. Everything he had to say about seatbelts and headrests and fucking every all the initial shit he was saying was very true. But then very quickly, (laughs) Ralph Nader realized that he really liked being famous. And wanted to be in the public eye. And then he started to lie his fucking ass off. And I mean, lie and lie and lie. And it's, it's like ignored. Like if this, if, if cars were more important to like American culture, he fucked up in like a political, like Matt, like this is Watergate level fucking up more because he buried Detroit. The changes he instilled on Detroit overnight through him lobbying to have all this shit done and wanting to be on 60 minutes all the fucking time made it to where they had to completely change how they did business overnight over lies. And it took, what is, so what did he change? So what did he lie about then? Because you said he was telling the truth in the beginning. He, he lied about the Corvair, about swing axles, rear engine cars, handling Chevy proved like Chevy didn't plan on building a second Corvair. They built one as like an experiment because then they were going to apply the design to the Corvette for mid-engine back in the 60s. Uh-huh. Uh, and Nader did this like public fucking demonstration of saying like these cars will kill you and like ruined it to where Chevy wasn't confident they'd be able to sell Corvettes if they made a Corvette mid-engine because of how loud Nader was being about how this shit was dangerous but then when they proved in court that their car was just as safe, if not safer than other cars, they were like, fuck you. We also designed a new one that we're going to sell with a turbo motor in it. See, see it market bitch. And it was the first car. Well, 
it's debatable. Either that or the Oldsmobile. It was definitely GM, but they were the first turbo cars on the market. And it's like a difference of two weeks, depending on who you ask who got it there first. And that's all because uh, it was all in response to to Ralph Nades. Yeah, because they couldn't do it for their Corvette anymore. So they wanted to do something as sporty as they could and not be gambling on killing the Corvette because of public perception of this design. But he lied about that. He tried to get seatbelts put on motorcycles. Just every Pinto's blow. Yeah, dude, he made people move gas tanks. He made them redesign where gas tanks went because of Pinto's exploding. Our good friends at Mythbusters spent four hours of television and untold amounts of their real lives trying to see if they could blow up a fucking Pinto and they couldn't because it's not possible unless you're in like literally picture perfect situation. You have to have just the right amount of gas spray and like the right ignition source outside. And it wasn't just that. So then they have to redesign this. Now they have to submit all these cars to the national highway administration for safety testing instead of letting it play out naturally. Cause that's the other part of this that he did that was short sighted was that everybody's always pretended that these regulations had to be done or it was never going to get any safer. And from the jump, it's been like, no, the only reason he knew it was safer was that they were already doing it to cars and the way everything had always worked and still to most effect does is that your highest end brand that you're selling at the highest profit margin gets all the shit first. So your Cadillac's going to get automatic headlights. It's going to get headrests. It's going to get seatbelts. It's going to get all that shit. And then once production cost on that has come down, they'll put it in a Pontiac and then they'll put it in a Chevy. Right. And that's how shit trickles down and always has my 88 suburban had 1956 Cadillac window switches in it because GM was still using them. Yeah. Yeah. My Acura has uh, the adaptive cruise control and all that shit, which is not something that the, you know, Honda's got for a while. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. Exactly. So, but by pretending back then, by pretending that he was this savior by bringing these laws forward, that we're going to save all these lives. And it was like, dude, you saved 13 months of lives. And then, and then you cost the richest city in the world its entire reputation and funding forever. Like that's fucking insane. You think that what he did to uh, Detroit was unrecoverable? It, I mean, provably. <laughs> like t- history has shown they never recovered. And it's just one of those things where it's never – the business people at, in Detroit never wanted to point to that being the issue back in the day because it was so publicly endorsed that these safety things go through that they didn't want to be like, the reason we can't afford the pensions is now it cost us 38 times what it cost last year to develop a car to develop one this year. It's also why innovation quit being yearly and started going to set cycles of about seven years because you had to give up all these cars and test all these cars and invest all the money before you even knew if they were going to allow it. So it stifled innovation. They put all these regulations on our cars that we let other manufacturers in other countries just slap like regulatory bumpers or regulatory lights on them, and then they could import them. But ours had to meet all these specific design standards that were horseshit. None of it was safer until Volvo figured out crunch zones. And you know who was forcing them to do that? Fucking no one. No one was forcing them to do that. No one forced them to invent the three-piece seatbelt. Like, 
none of the real innovation that has stuck through the years was because of legislation. None of it. None, none of the safety shit that is stuck was because of legislation. It was all because of innovation where other people saw it and it became a marketable product. So by forcing this, they, they changed the way Detroit did business overnight. They had already promised all these pensions to people over the last 30 years while they were just murdering the planet for money. And then Nader made them change how they did business. Then they were all scrambling to try to stay competitive with other markets that were, again, a Beamer just had to put a five mile an hour bumper on it. And then it was legal to be sold here. As long as his emissions were clean and it met like a couple of easier to meet design standards, they were cool to go. Hmm. So then all of a sudden Japanese cars, German cars started being really fucking competitive. Also the gas mileage. But that also had to do with regulations because now the American companies couldn't afford to do new motors every year because they had to fucking put them through 3,000 fucking safety tests and let them crash 20 cars with them in it before they even had a production line. And that's all because of Ralph Nader. It's all shit Ralph Nader put into motion. And most of it was shit Ralph Nader put into motion while he was lying. Like, I think the seatbelt thing was the start of it, and that was like an honest attempt at being a good guy that he did. But everything after that in his career, he was openly fucking lying to get press. There's a, I wish I, I wonder, I should try to find it on YouTube because we could share it. But there's a video of him going to like the National Motorcycle Club and telling them how they need a seatbelt. And they buckle his ass into a motorcycle that's not moving, and a guy walks up and pushes him. And Ralph Nader falls with the bike pin to his leg, like right there. And the guy's just like, that's why we don't wear seatbelts and walks away from him. And you're like, yeah, like some of this shit was a no brainer. Like, dude, if you were an engineer yeah, who- in the sixties or the late sixties and he said Pintos were blowing up, you'd be ripping your fucking hair out in the office at Ford. Just like, no, it doesn't. I'd gamble my children's life on the fact that doesn't happen. The Pinto really did have a bad reputation, but I didn't know it was because it blew up. I just thought it was a shitty car. No, Nader, I think like one did blow up in a big collision accident, but that happens to all vehicles. But they were trying to say that because it was such a small, compact American car with the gas tank tucked all the way in the back right under the bumper, that when you got in these small collisions, that there was this ignition point with a giant explosive right there. And again, isn't that, like where most, the, isn't that where yeah. the gas tanks are now? Yeah, it is because he was full of fucking shit. But people still think the Pinto's a bad car. It's why we call that rear end you want a Ford 9 inch instead of a Pinto or a Mustang 2. Because it's got such a bad connotation that like no one wants to admit where that part came from. So the Pinto uh, used to be a pretty cool car? It's not a cool car, but it's a fine car. It was a good car. There was nothing more dangerous or more uh, inherently stupid about its design. And then they made them all move the gas tank forward. They all had to design around that, even though it's bad design. And then they let them move it back after it was proven that that was fucking insane. But the other problem was, is this all happened through the late 60s through the 80s. So every time Ralph Nader got found out to be a liar five months after he made a big fucking show about what he wanted to talk about, it wasn't in the news back then to come on and be like, hi, tonight we're going to talk about this. But first, remember when we had Ralph Nader on five months ago? He's a fucking liar. Like, no one did that. 
You mm. you weren't going to get called out unless it was in the moment. Nobody was reporting mm. about how something we were all excited about six months ago turned out to be bullshit. Mm. Yeah, that sounds... Uh... Fuck, what a bummer. And then yeah, he ran man. for president and got his ass handed to him, so I guess it's kind of karma. Yeah, but that's that was the start of it. His whole trajectory towards wanting to be this public figure was doing these congressional hearings or these senatorial hearings where they wanted him to testify about seatbelts and headrests. Right. Yeah. <coughs> Fuck him. I beat his old ass <laughs> to death. <coughs> like, seriously, man, like... If you if you look at like old footage of what was going on in Detroit in like 1963, it's heartbreaking. Just gold fucking gilded theaters. Like truly like the Dubai of the time. It was so fucking rich in Detroit, man. They had so much money going through that town. And now Is that because everyone be in a- America was buying American cars? Everyone in the fucking world was, or buying technology from us, but mostly, yeah, it was mostly that everybody in America was, and they were allowed to operate, like, this is where it starts to, me starting to sound like a politician I don't like, but they were allowed to operate (laughs) with the freedom that they had always used correctly. Like, no car manufacturer had ever gone backwards in technology to make something more dangerous until Ford put that solid axle on the 2014 Mustang. No one. No one had ever gone backwards in tech for safety. No one's ever fucking done it. It's not how anything moves. That's not how engineering works. But so to force it was blindsided. They they were they were trying to regulate something. They're trying to regulate cars like they regulated meat when Sinclair had his big expose. And because those guys were all doing shady shit to win over on people. Whereas car manufacturing had always been the realm of nerds who were proud of their product. And also back then, like Ford's family ran Ford and the fucking eight chair members that ran GM still ran GM. Like these people still had pride associated to this shit. So nobody was trying to peddle a fucking product that would kill you. No one. So to go in and regulate it like they were and then put all this shit on them just for pub, it's, it's, it was like a real TSA job. It was a real, like everybody take your shoes off and spend an extra hour at the airport for nothing at all this high cost, all this time spent. Jesus. Yeah, dude. The T- don't, I don't need to get started on TSA. I've been yeah, traveling so too like, much they did that level of like fuckery to every step of the engineering process in Detroit, the body Mm. design, the engine design, the chassis design, everything had to be safety tested. And that's still the case. Yeah. Yeah. You have to manufacture. I think it's under like, I think you have to make less than 3,500, 3,500 cars a year for it to be considered limited production. And then like that changes testing, but you still have to do certain testing. So like when they so like when they sell an Enzo, yeah, that's that is why a lot of shit's gone over because they don't have to do that over there. Right, it's why Ford imports European Fords or European Ford designs and builds them in Kentucky is because like their design is just yeah the only cars they design. I knew they had another company over there. The only thing that Ford has designed in the U.S. 
since I was in high school is the Taurus and the Mustang and the F-150. They don't, they haven't done any of the cars, yeah, the Fusion, cars. the Focus, the, well, no, it's three. And one of them hasn't been in production for seven years. So mm. it's two. They build one truck and one car and it's a sports car. But their sedans that they sell, their bread and butter, are all Ford Europe. They're Falcons. Fusions are Falcons. Uh, and then we get the... What do you call the other ones? I forget all their stupid names. There's the... Well, they're all start. They're all dumb. The Ford, Ford Fusion good Fiesta. Yes. The Fiesta, the uh, Focus, the fucking Fucktown faces doesn't matter but yeah none of those were none of those were american cars yeah yeah huh and gm most of the gm cars that they sell are fucking korean cars what yeah like chevy doesn't design the fucking avio or the spark or the oh i thought you meant oh i thought you meant like the the like the truck and the suburban and the no, they design that shit, and they design the Corvette and the Camaro, and like they do more work than Ford still. And then it Ford seems likes like to, they do. And then Ford likes to brag publicly, like we didn't take that money back during the bailout. And it's like, yeah, then you literally had to gut your company eight months later and operate as a face for your European division. It was a marketing was- gamble. I mean, I don't think it it failed. It probably it probably like they probably knew that they were going to have to gut their company. Or take the bailout. You no, know, it was a gamble to be like, we won't take the money, and then we'll be able to be the company that prides ourselves on that. Right, right. But the funny and look part at it, it's still is, the number one selling truck in the fucking world. Well, yeah, because they'll put a fucking three point six liter turbo in it that gets mommy gas mileage. Fucking piece of shit. Well, most of these people aren't junk. using it to fucking haul. Most of these I people know, aren't doing shit back there. That motor's hauling when it's moving those four door trucks. They're only good for like sixty to eighty thousand miles. They're you think really... so? That that EcoBoost, dude. Dude, when I worked at the Ford dealership, this is no joke. If somebody came in with an EcoBoost or a turbo diesel and pulled it into the service bay, a manager would run out and be like, "Go sell them a new truck right now," because the bill was going to be so high to fix that shit because they were going to need a new drivetrain that they might as well just fucking trade it in and get a new one. Ford. Yeah. And then if you wanted one with a real motor in it, it was like a six to eight month wait. We're going to have to order it. They didn't send them to dealerships. You couldn't get one with the fucking five liter in it. Even though they advertise them and show them online, you can't fucking have one. This is insanity. The people now that that wasn't that that was just that was what during the pandemic or are you saying that was nope that's just how they operate now because nobody's really buying them even though they make them and offer them most people that buy them it's fleet trucks or work trucks or guys who can wait six to eight months but nobody's coming in everybody coming in to buy a floor model is is getting an eco boost they're get their parents that just don't want to drive a minivan or an SUV because that's what their parents drove. Their the eco boost though can't be that wagons. bad, Jake. If it's, that's if they're the, selling a bajillion of these, they can't be it, that bad. Well, no, you have it for two years on lease. You put thirty thousand miles on it, and then you trade it in, and then it goes to somebody who really has no recourse to bitch publicly 
about how the motor fell apart on them after their two years of ownership. That's why they turbocharge everything. That's that's the whole point of why they don't go for superchargers. It's cheaper, and by the time it becomes an issue with the client, they're not your client anymore. Jake, you have a very negative way to bring this podcast down. <laughs> no, it's just... <laughs> Everything like, you say that. makes me so sad. I'm just like, man, this fucking blows. Well, that like the state of cars is sad. That's why guys like you and me are into building shit and old things before they got their dicks all the way in the pudding. <laughs> now, is that is that just for Ford and American cars, or is that like GM, or is that Germans? Is that everything? I mean, it's like, everything. With the I turbos. would buy my Every- dad Z four, like, like whenever he's turbos. done with it. It's yeah, got turbos. I know, but then, like, not very long in ownership, you'd be like, fuck, dude, you know how much head gaskets cost on a fucking turbo beamer? Like, you'd be replacing everything because you've cooked the motor. You cook the mm-hmm. motor. It's, I'm like, imagine, it'd be like running a normal engine with not enough oil all the time. That's basically what you're doing when you put a turbo on a motor. You're heating everything up, adding to the friction because of the heat on everything constantly. Speaking of friction, I don't think I'm going to go forced induction on my car. I think I'm going to go change the intake manifold to an LSX, like a big old fucking one, and then put okay. that Ford pumpkin back there and then just call it a day. Yeah. I think. That's I bet you go. that could get me over 500, or at least over four, well over four. <laughs> you're a pig. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're, a little, you're, a little, you're a little speed pig. It's all broken, and I'm still driving it. I don't care. I just want to drive it. Because if I'm like, oh, if it's broken, let's just fucking. I I love you for saying that, because that's one of the purest expressions of being a real car guy, is knowing when something's broken down or broken. Yeah, that's totally different. They're very very different things. And I've had arguments with friends over that, where they're like, well, my car's doing this, so I shouldn't drive it. I'm like, you're fucking, what are you talking about? You're fine. Just be aware of it, idiot. Yeah. Because here's the thing is like if you replace it while it's going bad or replace – depending on what it is, obviously. Right. But uh, for but the most re- part, just rear-end. fucking break it and then fix yeah. it when it's broken. Yeah. What's worst case scenario? You actually blow up your pumpkin and need a toe? That's your worst case scenario? I would break it's probably fucking- an axle or something. I don't know what's going on, but – No, uh, I think you would, I think your pumpkin will give out. I think that axle will just slip out before it breaks. <laughs> What do I do to fix that? I have to open up the, the fucking diff. I think I think so. I don't know enough about rear ends. I've Jake, I was driving my uh, Z3 around. Yeah, because it drives. Yeah, for a little bit, and then I can't start <laughs> shifting anymore. But uh, Daddy really wants to keep that car. Yeah, Daddy's right. Daddy should keep. I that mean. Car. Daddy was realizing this that recent that people like that Z3 more than they like my E46, and that hurts it, me. But I don't really care because I like the. E- that's the car I wanted. Yeah, that's the 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 chassis I like the most. I feel safest in that car, and uh-huh. but the Z3 is super fun to drive. But people, there's just something about a fucking big ass motor inside of a tiny little car. 
Well, and the car's cute to people that aren't car people. Yeah, and you just put something mean under there. Yeah, man. It's so cool. I do I want to do ignorant shit with that new motor, speaking of squeezing motors and shit. Dog, let's talk about all right. So let's talk about this blue print engines fucking four cylinder. So first of all, Blueprint engines. I've been watching a little bit about their their how their operation works. This place fucking rules. It's in Kearney, Nebraska, which I don't know if you've ever yep. been to Kearney, Nebraska, uh, but it is the middle of butt fuck nowhere. I went to football camp there when we were in high school, and uh, there was a massive tornado that came through. I'm talking softball cantaloupe size hail. That was like, I mean, these cars were fucking destroyed around us. And we skipped practice that day or that like for that second practice, the afternoon practice. And we're playing video games in the fucking dorms. And this and we start hearing these sirens. And I look outside. I'm like, I don't think that looks good. And, and I'm like looking at this like end of days style cloud and tornado c- coming in. It's and then outside. so then the the coaches are looking for us because we're gone after right. this massive huge hunks of hail and ice are raining down. Just I mean, there was a CRX. The went the ice went through the back windshield, through the speaker, into the trunk. The whole thing just blasted all the way into the trunk. Fuck it was yeah, dude. That shit's no joke. Insane. That's Carney, Nebraska. Uh now. They, they, they make a, I was looking at their website. They make some dope fucking motors. Oh, uh, buddy. They make some, yeah. not just the one that we're about to talk about, but no, like the, their the production motors are insanely cool. Yeah. No, they, they legitimately took this motor to SEMA last year before it was full dirted up like it is now. Um, and had it at the back of their booth. Like it was just kind of a thing that a couple of the guys thought were interesting at the shop, but they didn't even like put a good display up for it because they didn't think anyone would give a fuck. And then all of a sudden everyone at SEMA was like, Hey, what the fuck is this? And tell them what, what it is, Jake. Cause we haven't explained here? the motor yet. Well, there's two of them. Cause there's the one they first showed. And if I contacted them, that's probably what I'd want. Cause it seems more streetable. But basically what they've done is they've cut an LS or an LT, depending on which one you're looking at, in half. They've kept it which is a Which is an LS. Yeah, it's a V8. Yep. Cut it in half. So they've kept the V8 design on the four bank. So they've kept it slanted, which makes it really easy to squeeze into a lot of applications without, like a putting, Porsche. A, without putting a dumb speed boy fucking hood on it. Because, man, do I hate gay hoods. <laughs> It's just something that's bothered me <laughs> since I was a small child. It upsets me so bad when I see a beautiful car that's just got nine inches of hood for no goddamn fucking reason with some old timer who thinks his shit doesn't stink. And it's like, dude, Harley Earl beat guys in a drawing room to get that right. And then you decided to cut a hole in it. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, really being able to. But being able to squeeze that in old, like, dude, you could squeeze that into an old MGA, an old Borg Ward, all these old British and German cars that are too small to put real motors in. Fuck. It's a 3.6 liter four cylinder. Yeah, and it's small. 
uh, iron is, block. Um, yeah. And the camshaft well, is the, inside the, LT, the block. I think the LT is, is an iron block. They built an LS first. That's what I'm saying. They built one that was. So you'd the want the aluminum that, first. Yeah. The one they just showed off is fully dressed, ready to sell. And their target with the one that they're like packaging right now is for it to go to like dirt, cra- dirt track midget racers. So oh. they've built, they've built the motor purposely for like a specific series. Okay. But they have all that CNC information in their machines. They can definitely hook you up with different block materials. And this is the kind of shop that could do it. They've already shown that they can. But the original one they showed, I believe it was, I might have these numbers backwards. It was it was either 350 horse with 500 pound feet of torque or it was 500 horse with 350 pound feet of torque. But I think it was 350, Mm-mm. 500. It was 500 torque because it's basically a, yeah. it's basically like an old tractor motor like design. It's an old push rod motor. It's kind, kind of, of how yeah. they were describing it. Yeah, and the dirt track one especially, because that one's designed to rip. But the street one that they showed first, I do think it was 350. The one that we saw that torque. Instagram video. Yeah. That where it's truly, dirt- like, literally to the 45-degree angle. And it's like, how is that motor even balanced? That's the same as the LS. They've been doing slant motors since the 60s, dude. That shit works great. Really? Yeah. How does it, it stay balanced? It's on mount points. It doesn't matter. Do they like turn it so it's straight up and down, or is it still at an angle? No, you leave it at that angle. It's just balance. What the fuck? Way. It's just like balancing it this way. You're just balancing it this way. That's wild. Yeah, no, it's fucking dope. Uh, shout out to ahead of the time fan of the pod, Mike Kane, who just got his 66 Valiant delivered yesterday and sent me pictures last night. Uh, it's got a slant six in it. And when he told me that, I think he was embarrassed. And then I was like, that's the fucking motor, baby. You're going to have an old Dodge economy car. Get the fucking cool motor. That's the way to live. But yeah, man. So that motor, you, you like the, the applications for it are endless. 350 horsepower, 500 pound feet of torque is about perfect for any th- application that you'd be squeezing that into. Anything that's prohibitively sized to put a six cylinder or a V8 in that you could squeeze 350 and fucking 500 out of like, dude, dude, the option. I mean, they also said that it, that it like would work for Marine applications too. So like I could well, see it being in like, like race boats. All Chevy motors work for Marine applications, baby. Why? Because they're Chevy. I don't know. They've just, they've just always done it. 427s, 396s. They've always made boat motors. I've seen people put LS motors in the back of their boats, and it's one of the coolest oh, things yeah. I've ever seen. I think Mastercraft sells boats with LSs in them. That's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, Mastercraft's always had close ties with GM. Um, but so this this motor, the one that I was looking at is the one uh, that they're like is got the, the most recent. The one they recent. just showed off. Yeah, the Correct. one they just showed off is got the full build, intake, everything, ready to slap it in a car right now. And and so so I'm sorry. What is the difference? Because I see it here. Here are all the main specs. I don't know if you looked this up yet, uh, but I have all the specs here. So uh, I hope this isn't boring. Um, blueprint engines, three point six liter, four cylinder LS specs. Jake, I'm going to send this to you so you can look at it too. Uh, uh, chat. Yeah, so the specs you're looking at from their website are on the LS, not the one we looked at. The one the one from the Instagram videos. The is LS. this the original one? 
That's the original specs. The 4.125-inch bore. Uh, the max bore can go up to 1.8 or 4.185. 9.145-inch uh, deck height. 4.05-inch yep. stroke. Coiled yeah. your plug okay. ready. Yeah, you can even see the picture that this is the LS block compared to the LT one. from the 5.7 connecting rods. So that would be like the LS, yeah. Yeah, 340 horsepower. 500 pound-feet of torque. Got the LS7 bore and stroke. Uh, How about the fact that you can get almost all the torque at 1,800 RPM? Yeah, baby. That's fucking insane. I don't know if I've ever been excited about a motor like I am about this motor. That's so much torque. It's it's so much every... Dude, 350 fucking horse... In a two thousand pound car, like you got to really, you, you've got to be wrapping your brain around what the applications for this are. This is like BMW two thousand twos, like a car that's so good you, you wouldn't can put, put this it in up. one of those. Really? Fuck yeah! It would fit like a glove. You think these are going to be drift motors in like old BMWs? In everything, bud. These are going to be this. This engine so- opens up. Cars that people don't think like cars that only my nerdy ass knows about that are everywhere. You're so excited, dude! No, like for real, the amount of possibilities this opens up for me to be able to have cars I like that I was never going to be able to make fast is huge. Because the option before this was like throw a one point eight from a Miata in it and then be happy with a hundred and eighty fucking horse. Like that was do, the option you- for most of the weird old cars I like. Do you think you're going to uh do you think they're going to charge more or less for this than their LS crate motors? Less. Cuz it's less material? Yeah, it's less material, it's less machining, it's less everything. It's less everything. Do you think you he, could get this like they could crank the kit, these out for 2Gs? I think he said they were going to be charging like 7500 for the long block on that dirt application, but that's with meth hookups. And the intake and everything. So, and he said they'll be showing short block versions of that. And the LS version, I'm sure, is cheaper than the dirt track version because that thing's built to the fucking nines. And I don't. Did this just change their entire business? You yeah, think? overnight, dude. The amount of attention they got at SEMA that year when they brought the first one was ban- bananas, dude. Like they, they were there to like kind of show shit. And then immediately it was like, oh, fuck, we need to like pull that out and make it easier for people to see because that's our new product. And then like they went back and like put a thing up on their website. I can't I already closed the window because it's the same page I've looked at a million times. But they had a message on there for a while that said, like, we are not accepting orders at this time. (laughs) We're still working on shit like they were getting so many inquiries that they had to be like, hey, Five fucking minutes, everybody. Like, <laughs> like we we just we we weren't even planning on making these. We were just kind of showing. We you thought what we this were was dumb. <laughs> yeah, this was a capability showing, not like a here's a product you're gonna want. But like these cars I'm selling you now are cars that you'd be able to absolutely fuck up with one of these. And then, and then you could what you would hook up like the Holly to this basically. Yeah, put a sniper on it or or put a modern LS intake. I'm sure they're going to build an intake for the other one. 
No, no, I meant sorry. I meant the ECU. Um like oh, how yeah. would you like how like if you're if we're putting it into this, you know, like this like MG uh uh how would you manage this? Would you put that in with like a Holly East like EFI? Probably. Uh I'm sure these guys have an answer for that though. I mean they designed the motor. I'm sure they know. Exactly Do you think that they would sell that. like Or you is just it... fucking carburate it? I'd put it in the car old enough that I could fucking carburate it. Oh, you'd want to carburate it. I could. Why would you want to do that? Who the fuck cares? To like keep it period correct, or well, yeah, and just to make it easier and cheaper to spend eight hundred dollars on an intake and a carb instead of fucking four thousand. I must not know how much an intake and uh, uh, whatever you just said. EFI is expensive. Are they? Very expensive. Yeah, it's expensive shit. Man. Isn't it better, though? I mean, technically, yeah. You can also tune your carburetor every time you're going to drive it, and then it's not technically better. So that's where it's technically better. Yeah, they got to tune it. No one's going to want to do that, and you know it. And oh, you I know. know it. I, I just drove my car to the gas station and begrudgingly tuned the carb when I got out. Um. I'm trying to think of other fucking cars we could put this in that it would blow your mind. Like a 1200, dude. Old fucking Sylvia's. Dude. I want to put these in like old Porsches. I mean, that's cool too, but I want to put them in cars that had bad motors to begin with. Like good, like bad in a good way, you mean? Like yeah, like that Borg Ward I sent you. That Borg Ward was... BMW was afraid of those motherfuckers in the 50s. They were the leading engineers in Germany. But that car has 90 horsepower from a flathead four. And like that's as good as it gets because all you can really fit in that engine bay is a four banger. And if you want to go any bigger, then you're cutting the car up and spending an amount of money where it's like, well, buy a Ferrari. Right. Yeah. So this makes it. I've never heard of a Borg word in my life. Borg Wards this are the car shit. looks like, pretty cool. They're this the Isabella motherfucking Coop? shit. Isabella's, dude. I could find you the popular mechanics article from when they came out in the 60s saying how much better it drove over the California mountain passes than the new Cadillac that had like six times the power. <sighs> They're engineering marvels. They handle like a top. Just had no power. But back then it did. Like that was that was perfectly good power. It was 90 horsepower for the weight it was. That was very comparable to all the American cars. What about rally cars? I yeah, bet this could be, be a good application in rally cars. Oh, yeah. The first thing they're throwing it at is dirt track. It's definitely – it's going into everything, dude. This will be – if people play their cards right, this should be bigger than the LS revolution. Because this wow. – you could put one of the you could put one of these in any old Honda and throw a rear-wheel drive drive shaft in it. Anything you can make anything a fucking hot rod with this. You don't need room. It'll fit. The LS is already famously short. That's why even as wide as being a V8, you can still get them into so many things. You can throw mm -hmm. it into an MG. You can fit it in this shit. Cutting that motherfucker in half and leaving it laid down. Oh man. Cause you can put all the accessories on the other side. Basically. Yeah. You can mount all the accessories in the negative space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can or put, put a big 
big turbo or a super turbo. Yeah, and they've already ported the block to have all the hookups on it. So you're not going to have to do a bunch of customizations. Like, they're killing it, dude. If these, like, ah, oh, I would do anything for these guys to give me a motor to fuck around with. This is exciting. I want like I I'd, I'd be the poster boy they wanted. I'd build something ignorant. ignorant it makes right. me want to put one in the Z3, but I mean if a, if a V8 already fits in there, then yeah, it, the work's already been done. You shouldn't change that. But but fight an old Porsche, oh, dude. dude an fight an old Boxster. Aren't those Boxsters like not the worst? Like handling, they're just kind of weird, shitty cars. There's What's the deal? Why wrong. did everyone hate the Boxster? Because it was made for women and it worked. <laughs> and it worked. Wasn't it a yeah. good car? It's a fantastic. There's nothing wrong with it. There's n- literally nothing. The bearings, but it's the same bearings that are wrong with every Porsche from back then. Mm-hmm. So there's there's nothing wrong with them. They're fantastic cars. The main thing wrong with those is the same thing wrong with the Z. You shouldn't put that much power into a light car with no roof. It's too twisted. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Plus, then you're looking at mid-engine, so you're going to get a custom transaxle that can handle all that torque or have to buy a fancy Porsche one that can do it. Like, building a Porsche is a big money game. That's not the same. The answer on a Porsche is not a Ford 9-inch rear. The answer on a Porsche is So it's finding one of these old cars is really where... Yeah. An old Lotus. Those things had junk fucking motors. When do you think realistically they'll be able to start cranking these out? They're ready now. They they said with that no, they said with that video that you were looking at on Instagram. I watched the longer video on YouTube the other day. Um, they're cranking. They're ready. But dude, like an old Evor, uh, Europa, like a sixty six to seventy five Europa with those dinky bullshit motors in them. Fucking throw one of these in there, dude, and no one. Wait a minute. What if we put it in a Del Sol? If we made it rear wheel drive, because it's a front wheel drive car. Yeah, that's the only thing that was ever. Wrong my buddy with those. Dean's got a Del Sol, and uh, although it, what if it's front wheel? Then you don't need a drive shaft. It's got to go rear. Yeah, that's too much fucking power. You can't have five hundred wheel torque on a fucking Del Sol. You'd, you'd never be able to pull away from a stoplight straight ever, <laughs> ever. How fun would that be? You'd have one arm like Popeye, dude, from holding the fucking steering wheel. <laughs> it's fun. not fun. Have you ever driven an overpowered front-wheel drive car? No. It's fucked. It's fucked. <laughs> it is absolutely fucked. It's, it's like, dude, when it starts to go wrong, it'd be like trying to take a condom off and put it back on. Like, <laughs> y- you're just panicking. You know what needs to happen, and it's not gonna. Like, it's just not going to happen. It doesn't matter how much you understand what is in your way. You're not getting around that shit. That's so funny. But one of these Europas, did you see what I sent you? The Datsun? Oh, was the Datsun the last one here? These Europas are... One of these, dude, already with the dinky motor in them, they were unfuckwithable. And oh, guys just forget about them because they're ugly as fuck. I love you. They're so I ugly. I do. I think it's pretty cool looking. I guess the back looks like an El Camino, but... It's a bread box. Look, it kind of looks like a Ferrari. They're so little and so fucked up. Is this a rear motor? Yeah. This would be fun. 
but I'd rather spend the money to put a transaxle in one of these than a Porsche. Cause this car wasn't great. It was very good at the time, but this wasn't like, if you got one of these, that was restored faithfully. You'd be like, this is fun. I drive this once a month. You wouldn't be like, Oh man, I need one of these, but you put fucking 350 horse and 500 wheel. Ooh. Ooh. That thing will be running like a fucking monkey that had a banana shove somewhere. It didn't like dude, that thing would be gone. Rape ape style. <laughs> Dude, you should if you do that, then you should create it like this. So it, it's a it's like this fucking it almost looks like a military off road fucking it's a rendering of it, but it looks like Mad Max style uh, with these with eight exhaust ports because this has got a V8 in the back. It looks like that would be a pretty cool build to make it oh, look no. like a Mad Max off road. They uh, built that. Did they? Yeah, that was like a one-off for one of their rallies. I don't think the roof line had quite the same rake to it. There's still a hip in it. But, yeah, they, that's that's pretty much the car with just a uh, shortened front end and rear end for rallying. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. Dude, they're, they're fucking dope. Or an X19. Or Dude, you could put these in Jeeps. Like- 928s. That fucking shitty 924 that you sent me the other day that you didn't yeah. know what those things are. You put one in those. You put one in a 944 or a 964 or a 968, whatever the fuck they were. The 944 right. with the facelift. Uh, but those front engine Porsches, this thing would be a mean candidate for one of those. Because who the fuck cares? You can get one. You get one of those 924s in show condition for like six grand, dog. I think this would be cool in like an E30. You know, like find something with a blown motor. It'd be dope as fuck in an E30, dude. Or in a 2002. If you could find one, because I think even those. If you don't care about the. I mean, it doesn't really matter. If you're just, if you're pulling the motor in it, all you need is the body and a decent interior if you're not really trying to. Yeah. And then now you start to think about all the fun options of car management. Because you'd have to do the whole drivetrain. Yeah, but who still makes shells? MG? Can we buy an MG Coupe? Oh, we can buy an MG Coupe. Brand new sheet metal straight from Think MG. about the fucking kit cars, dude. That's basically, yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, you know about these shells from all these British companies, right? No. Uh, I mean, I know that there's companies that make a bunch of like kit cars, which are hilarious. No, th- these aren't kit cars. These are legitimate steel pressings of the car. And you just put them together? Yeah, just click on what I just sent you. I will click on what you just sent me. It's bmh-ltd.com. Yeah, this so looks this is cool the car as fuck. I've wanted to build forever, but then um, John Cena built one, so now I'm less into the idea. What an asshole. Did I they use the, the same body shell? He had an original body shell, which wasn't worth it. They had to strip it and seam weld it. So you have to go all the way down to this level anyway. But you just buy a new MGB GT. No rust, no corrosion, grand. no dimples. Whole new whole new shell, 15 grand. You can get one V8 prepped already. Mm-hmm. Because they sold them with Buick V8s in Europe. They sold them here too, but they Whoa. sold them in Europe. So like you can That's, buy those. You can buy all so the this Mini is Coopers. like a $30,000 type of car we're talking 
finished like if it was in show condition yeah like 30 to 40. no i think if you bought this this plus shipping i mean it's probably like shipping you know you gotta grand. tack on an extra couple grand for shipping i'd bet it's about 2300 okay so you know let's call it that gets it let's call it 20 grand to get the car here with taxes import fees all the shit it's probably yep. about 20 grand to get the body here yep but no body work Nobody work seam, required, and then you got to buy. You, but you got to buy fresh. the axles. You got to buy the fucking drive shaft, the rear end, the sh- the all yeah, of that if you're stuff. Putting, if you're putting an LS motor in it, you got to buy all that shit anyway, right? So you yeah. got the the motor, the drive, the, the all the parts, mm-hmm. plus the wheels, brakes, all that stuff. Seats, I assume, and it's gonna need seats. It probably needs interior. Yeah, the interior kits are about six grand. So, I mean, we're talking, this is probably like 50,000, 60,000 bucks, probably. Yeah. To have a car that if you started with a real one, you'd be like 80, 85 into. You double the labor on the seam welding, you double the labor on the build because there's a strip process. You this is pretty cool. Things, repair things. Oh, it's the way to live. <laughs> I would love to get one of these and throw one of those fucking rig pig fucking four cylinders that they just designed in it. You're running half the weight of an LS half, half, half. It's incredible. It's fucking bonkers. You should, we should never have been able to get that much power out of something that small. That is a fucking criminal act against God. We are pulling off. I'm a big fan. Well, think about the TFGs dog. Yeah. That's on obtainium. This is an engine that like, these guys figured this out. Other machine shops are going to figure this out. This is not a complicated design. They have the fucking motor. So this is just going to start coming down in price everywhere. So everywhere. these could be a $1,000 motor. If people get their shit together and realize how cool this is, wow. and I think they will, because I don't think our generations is hung up on no replacement for displacement. Mm-hmm. Guys are just into LS swaps because it's the right answer. It's lighter than everyone else's motor, and it's more durable, and it makes more power. Now, what if we could cut the weight in half? Fucking winning all around, wow. man. Yeah. And just, mm-hmm. yeah, there's so many dumb cars that nobody fucking cares about that these should go in. A fucking pacer? Well, I mean, we could look at a, a hundred of these cars. I do love this idea. Uh, when do we get to find out how we can get one for the show? I don't know. We got to like contact these fuckers in Kearney or just take a long weekend and drive out there and just bang on the garage door till they answer. All right. We're going to do that. That's the end of the show. We're going to go to Kearney, pack up your bags, Jake. I'll meet you down there. Uh, and we're going to go. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if we can get this motor, (laughs) then wow, this is going to be a whole new ball game. I might buy it. I don't give a fuck, dude. This sounds cool. Anyway, We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Goodbye. Bye.